KFI AM uh, 640 on a Saturday morning. Bill Handel here, and it's every Saturday. So uh, the lineup for today is me until 11 o'clock. And frankly, after that, you can go look it up because uh, as far as my interest goes, it sort of stops at 11. Actually, that's not true because I'm a big fan of Leo's show, uh, Leo Laporte from 11 to 2. And then Neil, who happens to be a good friend of mine, Neil Saavedra with a fork report. And uh, then at uh, 6 o'clock this evening is Mo, Mo Kelly. And then it's, uh, a li- no, no, I'm sorry, it's Monique Marvez. I'm doing this from memory, and we've only do this for 10 years. Uh, Monique Marvez uh, from 8 to 10, and Brian Suits uh, with a, uh, his uh, deep, dark, secret place. See? Memory, memory. Okay, this is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right, so I want to tell you about this guy, uh, Minnesota Lake, out of Minnesota, uh, Timothy Brandt. So he had a relationship uh, with uh, this uh, young woman. We don't know her name because they're not telling us. And what he did is simply make a decal for his motorcycle. And it happened to be a decal of a topless woman. It happened to be a decal of a topless woman that was his ex-girlfriend. And it happened to be a decal made of the topless woman, his ex-girlfriend, without her consent. Felony charges. Outright felony charges. Charged with non-consensual dissemination of private sexual images. And she's topless, incidentally. She's wearing her underwears, her panties, uh, but it's just the topless. And that's enough. And uh, so, but he did. It was a photograph, actually, that he posted uh, of the decal on his motorcycle and uh, he wrote the caption, beautiful day to show off the old lady, LOL. Uh, so it's not even disparaging. It's not even a revenge porn kind of thing. It's just, uh, here's my ex-old uh, lady's a beautiful day to show her off. And uh, thank you. You're going to go uh, to, uh, it's felony charge, probably going to go to jail. Now, and the reason he has such problems is that a few months ago, he was charged with kidnapping and domestic assault. After he didn't, after he didn't allow his ex girlfriend, there's a reason she's an ex to leave his house. So he's looking at this and kidnapping and domestic assault. So all right, so he's got some issues. I get that. Let's take some phone calls. Uh, hello, Eric. Yes. Um, hello. So I I was in an injury yeah. about a year ago, and uh, his insurance only covers about twenty five thousand. I guess he had the minimums. And my, um, I'm guessing being told that I can only get a total of a third of that settlement due to um, other fees and yeah, you more got specifically medical. Is, is that yeah? And the medical, I paid a lot of money out of my own pocket to cover some of the medical early before the insurance kicked in. Am I am I entitled to get no. any of that kind of? No, you're only entitled. You're only entitled to the full amount of the insurance. And if it's twenty five thousand dollars, and they're paying twenty five thousand dollars. Uh, the lawyer gets money, yeah. the medical provider gets money, and you effectively get the rest. It depends on how the retainer is written up. Uh, but the fact that you paid out of pocket, uh, who are you going to get it from? Um, it's Well, it's Mercury. And, no, no uh, I understand, but, they're, but their uh, limits are $25,000, and they've paid yeah. $25,000. Now where are you going to go? 
that's the problem. Yeah, that is the problem. No, you got it. That's your problem. Now, the trick is for you to have uninsured uh, ins- uh, insurance uh, and or underinsured. Now, do you have medical insurance? I do. All right. So they they probably paid for most of it, I would think. Yeah. The problem is, is that, um, that I guess my underinsured is exactly as much as exactly 25. So I, I can't get any more than that. Well, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Up to 25,000. Here's where I think your uh, lawyer, you have to be really careful with your lawyer, is that your lawyer has to negotiate on your behalf paying the medical bills. Okay. All right, that's where you want to go to reduce it all. How much money have you gotten? Have they settled it already? Did they write the check for 25000 Yeah. Okay, yeah. Then, then it's up to your lawyer now to negotiate the medical bills way down. Oh, okay. And you negotiate with him... Uh, to bring the retainer way down. Hopefully he'll do that, although I doubt it. Uh, the lawyer's probably going to be successful with the medical people. You're not going to be very successful with uh, the lawyer reducing his fee. Why? Because he's a lawyer. But that's but that's where you want to go with that. Uh, that's why I'm a big fan of insurance, which is why medical insurance is important, uh, underinsured. So I have a policy. I think it's half a million dollars <coughs> of underinsured uh, and uh you know, that's, that's a lot of underinsured insurance unless it becomes catastrophic. And then I've got insurance to cover that. I mean, either way, uh, my answer to everything is overinsure yourself. You know, spend the money, but at least you have peace of mind. I mean, you may have no mind left depending on what kind of trauma you sustain. Huh. All right, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Um, I'm 66. I have I had no other violations since in my 20s, traffic violations. I was going up the Summit Passing in a 70-mile-per-hour uh, zone. I was passing to go up, and the uh, officer clocked me at 90-plus. Wow. Yes, I know. And he said I was going to need an attorney. I would get my license suspended and a heavy fine. Okay, you don't need an attorney, Cindy. A speeding ticket is a speeding ticket, unless you're refuting that you were going 90 miles an hour, and you'd have to somehow refute their uh, their proof that you're going 90. Did he, did he was it radar? Yes. Okay, that's very fine. tough. That's almost impossible to overcome. I mean, you could. But uh, I, if, I really don't want to. I yeah, then don't. Then don't. Then just pay. You pay your fine, and then just walk in. You say guilty. What's my fine? Uh, actually, you on the ticket, uh, it'll say how much you owe, or you they'll send you a uh, a letter saying this is the amount you owe. Be prepared to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars, Cindy. I know. Okay, it's re- and and also call your insurance agent. But you don't need to find out how much that's going to cost you on a speeding. But I think one speeding ticket doesn't really change much. It's going to be the cost of the fine because it's whatever the fine is for speeding, I don't know, 200 bucks, $250, you can triple that uh, because that's what the fees and the costs are in California. As a matter of fact, there's a lawsuit going on in the state of California saying that the excess, the excess fees and costs are actually punitive. It's so, it's, they're so bad, it has nothing to do with punishing people for the crime. It all is a revenue. It's basically a tax. But he said he goes because uh, he clocked me at 100, but he was going to do me a favor and put it 90 plus. I don't think that's, uh, unless they're going to go for reckless. That's what he said. It well, was. you you won't know. It's not his call. It's the city attorney's call. Uh-huh. And if they charge you with reckless. So you show up that day, and if they charge you with reckless, uh, you say, I'm, I need time for an attorney. That's when you get a lawyer. Okay. You don't need one right now. Cindy, you don't need one. I doubt they're going to charge you with reckless, uh, reckless driving. I don't think at 90 they're going to do that. All right? Okay. All right. Then don't worry about it until I get information. Right, from the right. It's a little premature. 
All right, now what? You're going to be fine. You don't have to spend $5,000 for an attorney. This is good news. This is Handle on the Law. We are not KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handle here on a Saturday. Welcome aboard, everybody. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Uh, hello, Charles. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. Yes, sir. Um, I have a question for you. Um, I went through and got a, uh, or I actually got rear-ended about three months ago. Oh. And we're starting to get to the end of her money that she has available in her insurance and that clicks over to mine do i get dinged for that no what happens? no I no after them? no you don't uh, because what happens is you're not at fault that's why you have uninsured underinsured motorists to cover that's when true, someone yeah. else is at fault that is not you do not get dinged for that at all it's just that you had the bad luck to get hit by someone <laughs> who didn't have enough insurance oh you're fine charles how much money are we talking about here Oh, you know what? I, I think it's up to about 25000 Wow. So were you, uh, obviously you were hurt, right? Yeah. You know what? I have a headache from the accident, and I think I had a concussion for a couple of months. Wow. Well, I have a headache from being married, and I can't get any money for that. So I don't know how the hell <laughs> well, you do it. I'm trying to think it's from that, too. <laughs> All right, Charles, but you're good. Don't worry about it. Oh, hey, Rob. Hello, Rob. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. Hello. I, I've got a situation here. Um, I married a woman that came to this country illegally, I found out after I got married. Um, basically, for the last 18 years, she's been taking me for a ride. I helped her get uh, her education. She's making about 150000 a year now. She wasn't making anything when she came to this country. Um, she decided she wanted to keep all of her money ever since she started making uh, big money about seven, eight years ago. She hasn't. Uh, she's not paying her part of the bills. Um, I hired a lawyer for $5,000. This guy's doing nothing for me at all. I'm looking to get another lawyer, but I don't really have the money. For yeah, it. that's a problem. Now, uh, how, Rob, how much are you making? I, I'm making about forty thousand dollars a year, and I'm taking care of uh, my oh. daughter pretty much full time. I'm I'm self employed, so I. I'm okay, so let me throw a couple of questions. Your daughter yes. is it with this woman? Yes, it is. All right, and she's making one hundred and fifty. Is not giving you any money. And you're making forty. Uh, here's what you have to do: find another lawyer now, Rob. And since she is making all the money. What will happen is the lawyer will ask her to pay his or her fees. Usually the person who makes far more money than the other one uh, ends up paying for the lawyer fees uh, for both. Okay, what do I do do about the supposed $500,000 that she has uh, hidden away somewhere? You have to find it. Rob, you have to find it. You need a forensic accountant to come in. I mean, there's going to be some money here. Unfortunately, you're going to you're going to need a forensic person to go in. And where where would it be? Uh, do you have any idea? Los Angeles area. No, I get it, but where? Hidden oh, under oh, a rock? No, I've I've looked at uh, all our local accounts that I have access to that I can't find that money. We're going into a divorce proceedings, and she's already claimed that she doesn't have any money. Right. No, I get it. Uh, although uh, you can, you certainly can subpoena all of her records, all of uh, the financial records in terms of her employment. How does she make $150,000 a year, Rob? What does she do? Well, she was an RN. Um, she was making about 125, and now she's a, a nurse manager. She's got her MBA just recently. Okay, so it's all on the books, Rob, so you can find yeah. out how much she's making. Okay. All right. So that that gets easy. And then it's a question of just doing the numbers. 
uh, how much she has contributed, uh, where the money is going, and then just go backwards from there. And she has to tell the truth. I mean, she, uh, at a deposition, uh, she says, nope, I don't have any money. And the question is, where did it go? Right. Here's your. Here it is. Here are all the accounts. Here's the uh, your earnings. Uh, where did this money go? And she has okay. to answer. Great. All right. That's so get the first thing news. you have to get another lawyer. You have to get a pretty aggressive lawyer. I appreciate that. Okay. No problem. All right, Linda. Hi, Linda. Hi, Bill. I worked for a company for about ten years. I started at a company about ten years ago, and I was the manager. And I used to sign all the documents. I am an idiot. I signed a personal guarantee for a company saying that I was an officer of the company. I didn't read it, obviously, because I knew I was not an officer of the company. I've been gone from that company for two years. And the two years before that, I was no longer the manager. I did telemarketing. I'm being sued because the company hasn't paid that vendor. Yes. And you. uh, Well, now. You said you signed a personal guarantee on behalf well, of the was, company? It was part of the credit app. I thought I was just signing a credit app. Okay. How much money How much money are you being sued for, Linda? $10,000. Yeah, you're up to your eyeballs in this thing. Okay. Yeah, there's no way around it. You are up to your eyeballs. But now, does, is, the company, is the company still around? Is the company still around? It is, but a lot of these purchases were made after I left the company. Well, and that, I don't know if that matters or not, but... Uh, and they're going to court. They're not going to small claims court. Uh, superior court. I got a summons. Yeah. Well, they're, they're having a lawyer for ten. They're suing for ten thousand dollars. Are they suing you individually for ten thousand dollars, or all of you as defendants for ten thousand dollars? All of them. But I'm responsible if he doesn't pay. Uh yeah. 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 But, I mean, is this does this go on forever? No, it goes on until no, it goes on until someone pays, or it goes on until I can't imagine there'd be a trial for ten thousand dollars. But I also can't imagine that they'd hire a lawyer for ten thousand a ten thousand dollar hit because by the time it ends up in trial, it's going to be five, at least five thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand dollars for the lawyer. Right. Yeah. I so think the guy drives an ambulance part time. Oh yeah. Well, God, yeah. You you were an idiot. The answer to your question is an, is uh, yes. I agree. You're an idiot. So what is your question, Linda? Well, I just wonder. I my question is my liability after yes. I no longer work for. It's the ten thousand dollars. You signed the guarantee. Okay. So you really have two questions. Am I liable? The answer is yes. And am I an idiot? And you've already answered that. Good for yeah. you. This is Handle on the Law. It's crazy, crazy world out there. And uh, welcome back. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. Uh, Pleasure having you here. And this is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hey, Martin. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello. How are you doing? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Okay. A couple days ago, I... Went to jail for, uh, uh, was it about, uh, domestic violence? And the officer said I was going to get a misdemeanor for uh, domestic violence. And he gave me a six-hour cooling off period, but they only let me out in two hours. So um, my question is, is uh, should I lawyer up? Well, okay, that's a good question. So uh, describe the domestic violence case to me. What happened? Okay, uh, I to uh, find out she was uh, talking to other people. All right, she who? She who, Martin? Your wife? Uh, 
Wife? No, the mother of my children. Got it. Girlfriend, are you still? Are you still? And Martin, are you still with her? Uh, no. Okay. So you found out she was talking. What happened? You found out she was talking to other people. What does that mean? Uh, she was on her phone, uh, texting other guys. Uh, you know, letting them know when I was home, when I was gone. Yeah, but Martin, you're uh, not. You're not with her. You said. Uh, not now anymore. Oh no, you I were. Was. Okay, you were with her at the time. Yes. All we right. We were. We were we thought, I thought I was, I was under the impression that we were working things out together. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't working out. Uh, so she's been talking to other people. I'm a truck driver. I'm gone Monday through Friday. I'm, I come home usually Saturday in the morning or afternoon. So I, I find this out, and uh, I tell her, you got to go. So uh, I put her outside, lock her out, and she calls the cops. Uh, the cops come over. They talk to me. They find out my situation. I tell them uh, I work Monday through Friday. I'm the one that pays all the bills, the mortgage, uh, gas, electricity. Yeah, Martin, Martin, when you said you put her out, explain physically how you did that. Okay. Uh, yes, I, I grabbed her uh-huh. and I dragged her out. Didn't hit her, didn't touch her, but officer said that. Yeah, but it's the old I dragging it's the old dragging her out. Did you do it by her hair, incidentally, and drag her out? Because that's always fun. No, no. no okay. She grabbed, she grabbed the chunk of my hair because I have long hair. Ah. So she pulled out a nice little chunk. Yeah. She butted me. I was bleeding from the nose. All right. I still had to go to jail. And Martin, is she going to testify against you? Is she going to describe what you did to her? Uh, no, she doesn't take the initiative. Uh, she She's like a stay-at-home mom, but she doesn't really. I'm pretty sure she's not going to fight the case. Uh, is she going to? Is she going to? In terms of fighting the case, I don't even know what that means. Is she going to testify as to what happened? No, no, I don't think she would. She would do that. All right. So you think uh, that when the police ask her in a police statement that she didn't say uh, Martin dragged me and threw me outside? Did she say that? No, no. She actually said. Well, she kept on telling me that that I beat her and. Uh, what did she tell? What did she tell the police? Do you know? No, I do. I do not know on her side of the. Police All right, you're going to get the police. You're going to get the police report. So, okay. uh, what you're going to do is, do you lawyer up? I don't know at this point. Uh, you have to first look at ask for a continuance to see a lawyer. You want the police report? If they'll give it to you, and then you take it to a lawyer. And that's assuming you can get the police report. And I don't know that uh, you. If you plead not guilty uh, and then ask for time to get a lawyer, first of all, either you ask for a continuance or you plead not guilty. And you don't say a word until you're actually at trial. So at least talk to a lawyer, if nothing else, uh, and say – except you have to sort of do that with a grain of salt because the lawyer is going to tell you, yes, you need a lawyer, and when you don't necessarily need a lawyer. And it could be that you're going to get exactly the same sentence – the same conviction as if you had one or didn't have one. Because, Martin, you're not allowed to beat up or drag your girlfriend out and throw her outside. You're not allowed to do that. And even if she is texting other guys, Martin, so what? You know, it tells you that she doesn't like you anymore, and uh, you're done. You're gone. So, obviously, you have a temper, and uh, that's, that's not good. But, yes, it's worth talking to a lawyer whether it's worth lawyering up, I don't know, because I don't know enough about the case. But, man, you sound like a jerk. Good God. I can just see him dragging her across by her hair and then picking him up through her. And, and he pays all the bills as if anybody cares. 
as if that has any legal uh, legitimacy at all. No one cares. Hey, Daniel, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. So my apartment complex has decided to just uh, go ahead and disseminate the uh, the water bill for the public areas to each unit. So the swimming pool, the grass, the trees, the bushes. You know, I've got no say in, in how much water is used. I saw them watering the bushes. It ran for like over 12 hours the other night. Is that is that legal for them to just out of the blue arbitrarily say? Yeah, it depends. Well, Reed, what does your lease say? Do you have a lease with them? Yes, I do. All right. You, we, you have to look at the lease and it will tell you who is responsible, who is not for the water bill. If you are not charged independently for the water bill, you have an argument. But until the lease runs out, then they can do whatever the hell they want. And your choice is move, not to move, because then they can just change the rules completely. How long do you have left on your lease? Uh, probably about another eight months. All right. Well, you can argue that uh, you're not to pay for all of the common areas. However... Uh, if uh, See, here's the problem is going to be the language of the lease. If it says each unit will be charged independently for the water, I'm just coming up with the language. I don't have it in front of me, obviously. Uh, then they can argue, oh, all it says is that we are going to charge each unit independently. It doesn't say on what's the formula being used for the water. Right. And if yeah, it's silent. I have my own meter for my, for my uh, unit. So all I right. Well, that helps you. Bill. That helps you. So how much extra are they charging you? Uh, they're actually going to start it next month. So All I'm right, so you'll have seven months left. You'll have seven months, so you have no idea what the amount is. Right. All right, well, figure out what the amount is. It's going to be an extra 30 bucks a month, 40 bucks a month. I have no idea. And so let's say it's going to be two or $300 difference over the course of the next seven months. What do you do? Do you withhold the rent? And they give you a three-day notice to pay rent or uh, quit? And it's is it worth it? And if you like right. the apartment, the question is, is it worth it? All right. And I don't know uh, if you like it or not. Frankly, I don't even care if you like it or not. That's why I didn't even ask. Although, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I hung up on him, so let me ask. So do you like it or not? No answer? Okay. All right. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Welcome back for marginal legal advice. Terrence, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Handel. Yeah, uh, make it quick. Sure. Um, I, me, and my uh, wife were uh, we had a we're renting a house from her landlord, and uh, she was uh, not. Our AC went out for probably. It was out for a good three months. She kept sending these handymen and people she knew to try to fix it, and she just wasn't fixing it. So we said, you know what? We're going to take off, you know, keep our deposit. We're out of there. So she uh, kept her deposit, and then we got served. She sued us for uh, around $3,000 worth of damages to the Okay, house. she kept the deposit, and she sued you for $3,000 damages. Yes. All right. And the damages we feel were it wasn't a val- valid uh, 
All right, you took uh, she, Terrence. You took you took pictures before you left. I'm assuming. Yeah, we we took pictures. Yeah. All right. She's trying to get us on paint, and most of the paint was the biggest one. Yeah, she can't do that. Color. She can't do that, Terrence. Wear and tear. She has to eat. There, you you can't not hit someone for normal wear and tear. Now, if you damage the walls, let's say you hung pictures up and there's holes all over the place, then she can say, "Okay, I'll hit you for the patching of the wall and then repainting it." Only because you can't, unless you argue, you can touch it up. Uh, but no, if it's simple wear and tear, she's out to lunch. All right, so okay. there's that question. So that's no good. Well, real quick, just just to clarify, she, my my wife, actually did paint a, a room. And uh, I don't think it was in writing this, but I guess between her verbally the, uh, to the landlord, I guess it was said that she was supposed to paint it back. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, even if it wasn't said, uh, she is supposed to paint it back because you have to leave the house, uh, the property in substantially the same uh, situation, the same condition as when you left it. And that includes the color of the walls without specific agreement and verbal means nothing when it comes to real property. So, uh, yeah, the paint you can argue, but only as to that one room or to that wall to bring it back. Okay. And especially what it could, the most it could probably be is one room. Gotcha. If, it's a, if it's a separate room within a door. Now, if it's an open room, for example, I'm thinking in my house, I have a sort of an open area. My kitchen, uh, which flows into the family room, which flows into the dining area, everything flows into everything else. Then the argument's going to be, that the only way this is going to work is to paint virtually the entire house. So a lot of it has to do simply with the floor plan of the house. But, okay. all right, so what's okay. your question? Okay, actually, okay, my question is, she sued us, she won the case. Let How did she win the case? We went to the court and... Uh, all right, well, small claims. All right. Small claims, and so, the judge looked at the, looked at the receipts, and he just went by you know, all right. my numbers saying, hey, she paid this, you got to pay her that. Okay. And so we, we kind of, this, this happened probably a few months ago. We were going to let it go, but you know what? I, it's still kind of bugging me, and I feel like maybe we we didn't go in there. We sh- maybe we should have countered sued. That's my question. Can we still? Counter- no, no, it's me? over. No, the whole thing is over. Now, theoretically, what are you going to say? Well, let me ask you this. <coughs> hmm. Hold on. So uh, let me ask. Uh, what is? I mean, yeah, you may be able to counter sue. What are you going to sue her for? <coughs> well, we felt like. We uh, we were going to sue her for pretty much her not fixing the AC. It went three months, and she just kept. I think it I long. think yeah, I think the judge is going to say you should have brought that up. I don't think you can bring that after the fact. Did well, you? I did and bring you, it up. I did bring it up. After and the, the judge didn't buy it. Now you didn't appe- now that. you didn't appeal it within thirty days, did you? No. We yeah, didn't. that's the problem. So you're pretty screwed. I'm pretty screwed. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Okay. But it's been nice talking to you, uh, Lisa. Yes. Yes, ma'am. My question is, uh, if I, I was pulled over and I was taken out of my car and searched by a male officer and also backed up by another male officer. Is that legal for sure. a male officer to search a female? Sure. Yeah, of is? course. Absolutely. There's nothing oh. illegal about a cop searching someone of the opposite sex. Okay. Okay. I didn't know because I, yeah. didn't know, I thought that that was... No, not. policy may uh, not allow it. It could uh-huh. be that the police departments, uh, whenever a male is going to be searching a female, they'll bring a female cop in, but there's right. nothing illegal about doing it. Okay, thank you. All right, you got it. Yeah, depends on how they pat you down, too. You can argue uh, sexual harassment, you know, and the fact that it's another uh, a male cop with a female suspect, uh, it's, it's not a good idea for them to do that, but legally, not a problem. Sarah. Hello, Sarah. 
Hello. Uh, I've been through an ugly divorce for about the last five years and custody battle. And we owned a house together, and he still lives in the home. He was ordered within 30 days to list the home and sell the home. Now, this was two years ago, and he still has not done He has it. not even listed it. He has not listed it. All right. He was court-ordered to do so. Now, we had a government loan program like a FHA that helped us, so he cannot just refinance the home and take me of it. Um, now, my credit is depleting because he's been missing payments, and I've contacted the Victorville Court, which we go through for self-help, and they tell me to contact a lawyer. Yeah. You're probably going to have to bring him in on a motion uh, recontempt uh, that he's in contempt of uh, a court order. And the only way you're going to be able to save your credit is for you to make the payments and then sue him or when you go in front of a judge, ask him to pay you back. And if it turns out that he simply doesn't have the money, let's say he the court will order certainly the listing of uh, the property. But let's say he goes bankrupt on you. You're you're stuck. You're stuck. I mean, there's no way around it. You married the wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm, that's yeah, that's no fun. Right now, I'm pleased to say I've married the, the right woman so far. Have no idea what tomorrow brings. Sounds like a name of a song, doesn't it? Title of a song, No Idea What Tomorrow Brings. Hmm. Okay, this is Handle on the Law. This is uh, KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here on a Saturday morning, uh, every Saturday, 6 to 11 o'clock. Right after this show at 11, 11 to 2, it is Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Uh, This afternoon, Neil Saavedra from 2 to 5 o'clock with the food show. Fork Report, love it. Neil and I are always talking food. Matter of fact, we're always going to lunch and talking food. As a matter of fact, we go a lot on weekends and dinners and we talk food. And then uh, Mo Kelly, 6 to 8 o'clock tonight. He's here today and tomorrow, uh, 6 to 8. Monique Marvez, 8 to 10. And then Brian Suits, who's here also on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Brian tonight from 10 to midnight with a Dark Secret Place. And then uh, tomorrow from 8 to 10. And I have no idea what the hell he calls his show tomorrow. This is Handle on the Law. <coughs> Marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. All right, this is in uh, Michigan, and finally, justice has been done. Uh, There is a Detroit woman handcuffed and sent to jail for a week because she wouldn't follow an agreement to have her nine-year-old son vaccinated. Uh, The judge noted that Rebecca Bredow had agreed to the immunization uh, last November. Her ex-husband wanted the son to be vaccinated. She is the primary caregiver. And uh, she said, "Okay, it was a year's fight. Incidentally, she finally agreed and then changed her mind. And the judge said, "Uh uh-uh, 
you can't do that. Uh, you're going to jail. He said, I understand you love your children, but when I, what I don't think you understand is your son has two parents and dad gets to say. But this is one of those, it's a yes or a no. This is not Solomon splitting the baby in half. Uh, this is either the kid's going to be vaccinated or the child is not going to be vaccinated. So it has to go one way or the other. And then the judge said, it's clear to me that you don't care about orders, even if you agree with them, which you did. Your attorney signed the order. There was an agreement. Now, she is taking full responsibility, says, yep, uh, because vaccinations go against her beliefs and she should have raised her objections sooner. I'm a passionate mother who cares deeply about my children, their health and well-being. And if my child were forced to be vaccinated, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I have absolutely no idea what uh, a belief is about vaccination. Maybe there is uh, a religion out there. I mean, I understand Jehovah's Witnesses don't do the blood transfusion. Uh, and, and that is at least based on a religion. I totally disagree, but it's their interpretation of the Bible. And so uh, if they want to kill themselves, go ahead. If they want to kill their kids, that's a different story. If it is a child that needs surgery and a mom or a dad said, nope, our religion says no blood transfusion, and the child dies. That's jail time. And I think a lot of jail time. Usually these parents, if they do go to jail, get very limited jail time. I think this is akin to, uh, I think it's, I would think it's manslaughter. I would go that far. Yeah, I think it's that bad. So here she says, uh, I'm not going to vaccinate my kid. Because of my religious beliefs. And I'm wondering even, what would she say if the child got some kind of a a disease, and I mean a serious disease, that uh, the vaccination uh, would have prevented or probably would have prevented? I guess it's God's will. I guess that's the argument. Uh, That's certainly to Jehovah's Witnesses say with the blood transfusion. If I die, it's God's will that I die. This is a nine-year-old kid we're talking about. So good for you, Mom. Good for you for the judge. By the way, when I say good for you, Mom, that's yeah, a little, uh, just a little sarcastic. So it's a, it's a week in jail. Then it gets interesting because after the week in jail, she still won't do it. So we'll see if uh, how long she plays chicken with a judge because contempt is contempt. And uh, you can that's a whole interesting one, too, is how far you go with contempt. All right. Uh, but we're going to do that at another time. Let's take some phone calls. Uh, Rose. Hello, Rose. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Well, the subject is um, the category of a desperate city of officials. What? This is the Jeopardy game we're playing? No, it's called uh, Parking Enforcement. Okay, so uh, tell me what happened. All right. So uh, uh, my daughter, who has uh, cerebral palsy, uh, is like that, you know, well, a lot, actually. But uh, taking her down to the Hollywood Home Depot, uh, dropping her off at the door, going with a handicap placard on the windshield, the mirror, rear view mirror, and then pulling in to a parking spot, not shutting the car off. Three men approached me 
And uh, I asked who they were because they came right up to my door, and I was ready to back up. And he said, turn the engine off and take the key out of the ignition. Just these strangers. They were uh, nobody in law enforcement, just a a bunch of strangers that said, here, take the key out? Yeah, take the key out. Okay. Take the car off, take the key out. And then the one person went in the back of my car, so I couldn't back up. So he showed me the badge, and then he said, this is a sting operation. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, so what they're talking about is parking, of course. Yeah, no, I get it. And so uh, were you up. were you in a handicapped spot? Yeah. Oh, okay, with placard. a handicapped placard, and your daughter was in the, was in the store. Dropped off uh, at yeah. the door. Yeah. And uh, I said, I'm transporting uh, my daughter. He asked for the handicap placard. I gave it to him, and he says, well, I'm keeping it. I'm oh, no, that's crazy. He can't keep it. That's crazy. So he what? Did. Oh, that's he nuts. gave me two tickets, one for me with the handicap placard, and the other one for the person not being in the passenger side in the car. All right, that's crazy. So All right, it so came what, up close to $800. Yeah, did you go to court? No, I'm, I'm setting up a hearing. Yeah, that's what I'm you want, saying. and just explain the story. So what's your question, Rose? Well... I could see where this is headed. Uh, I don't understand how I could come up with proof. They want a receipt. Uh, they well, they took. Well, wait a minute. They took the placard. Are they denying that they took the placard? They no. The 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 guy said. Um, well, what happened is when my daughter came out, uh, we went over to the person that took the placard, and I showed them my daughter uh, the way her body. Did was. they give the placard back? No. Okay. So, her, no, all right. I'm so you have all right. So you have a hearing, and you are. When is your hearing? Is it coming up? Yeah. I all right. And you don't have a handicap placard. All right. Are they going to deny they even took it? Uh, he he probably will not deny that he. All right. He so what's it. so what's your question, Rose? Well, I had seen in the DMV. Uh, you know, I, I read that you know they have a right to. Yeah, it's it. right. So what's your question, Rose? Transporting a handicapped person. That's not a question. A people, That's a statement. What's your question, Rose? Well, should I get ticketed if you're transporting? No. Uh, no, I don't think so. But that's is that your question? Should I have gotten ticketed? That's it. Yeah, a lot of people are getting ticketed. Okay. It doesn't matter. You're not a lot of people. That's their problem, not yours. So your yeah, question so is, should you have gotten do, a ticket? Probably not. What do I use in the hearing? Ah, as, that's a question, oh. too. Uh, you, 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 What you use in the hearing is the truth. As to what happened. And yeah. what you were doing is you dropped off your daughter. You were sitting there parked. And she was going to come out. And uh, you were there because she is handicapped. And even if technically it's a violation. And the technicality would be so slight. I can't see a judge not giving it to you. Uh, well, so I, I can't. in case it went against me, yeah. what, what do I do? Do you pay the money? Well, they already took the money. It's I know. You won't, get it, you, you won't get it back. So... Uh, you know, why is the state of California... I have no idea. It's not the state of California. It's these three guys. Yeah, but it's also the sting no, it's operation. Not. Yeah, they have a sting operation, so they do that. Yeah. They want yeah. to grab people, so, so uh, you can do that. God, that was like pulling teeth. If she's in front of the judge and talks like that, the judge is going to give her 30 seconds and, and get her out. Just say, you've, lo- you've lost. Not because of the underlying issues of the case. She probably would have went on that. But I can't stand you. Get out of here. Gavel. Boom. I wish I had my gavel with me because I actually have a gavel in my office. This is Handle on the Law. And 
640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Uh, pleasure having you here. This is Handel on the Law, marginal legal advice. Hi, Susie. Hi, Bill. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Okay. I went ahead and got an attorney from the guy that rear-ended me and totaled my car because I have nerve damage in my back, and I they did all these tests. Wait a sec. You got, you got an attorney from the guy who rear-ended your car or I'm after? I'm trying the... to hurry. I'm trying to hurry. No, the guy that rear-ended me, I talked to you about this guy before. He rear-ended me and totaled my car and messed up my knees and messed up my back. Okay, so instead, I was first going to try to just deal with his insurance company, and then no, they you said, can't. Well, we have a number. Yeah, you so can't. You can't do that. Told me, you know what? This is a, not just a personal injury. This is a disability too. You're unable to work. I was off work ten months. I work twelve hours a week now at Walmart. If you can imagine, I don't make any money. So anyway, um, so I went ahead and hired this attorney who was recommended, and now this this uh, orthopedic doctor I went to did MRIs on my uh, spine and my back. And he says, I got nerve damage in my back. All right. Uh, How much insurance does the other side have? Do you know? What? Do you know if the other side has good insurance? Okay, here's the problem. Why I'm calling you right now. Here's the point. Now the attorney, my attorney told me, this guy's only got $25,000 bought for bodily injury. Okay. So what can I do now? Nothing. Nothing. Whatever they give me. Nothing. Susie, they're going to write you a check for $25,000, and that's it. But you know what? I don't think that's going to happen like that, that because the attorney gets 33 and 3%. Right. And and you, but you already signed up. You're right. The attorney is going to get 33%. You're going to, you have to negotiate with the attorney to go down because it's one of those policy limits. And you're going to have to just simply talk to the attorney because at this point, it's just uh, producing medical bills. Okay. And they're going to write you a check. They're, they're okay. literally going to write you a check for $25,000, and that's it. Tell them what? And just try to negotiate with the attorney, saying, hey, it's just now presenting medical bills. There's nothing to negotiate. There's nothing here. Okay, so she said the attorney woman said she gets uh, pennies on the dollar from the doctor. In other words, she pays the doctor's pennies on the dollar. In other words, she's not going to pay the doctor that much. Right. She negotiates with the doctors. That's exactly correct. Okay, so then I should negotiate with the attorney to not pay Yep, yep. That's, that's exactly what you do, Susie. Everybody can negotiate with everybody, and there's a really good argument you have for there's nothing left to negotiate. You're done. Now, negotiating with the vendors, the doctors, et cetera, yes, that's what your attorney does. But taking a third based on this case, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's not even ethical, in my opinion, although can you imagine I just use the word ethical and attorney in the same sentence? That's kind of scary, isn't it? Chuck. Hello, Chuck. Hey, good morning. Yes. Hey, my, my dad passed away uh, last year and left his estate to me and my brother and my sister. Um, I am going to get one of the houses. My brother's getting another house, and my sister gets a third of the, each house. So to pay her off, I need to come up with some money, and I can't get a loan until the house is in my name. Uh, would a promissory note cover something like that? Yeah, just you need an agreement, that's all, that is uh... – uh, that's enforceable. And it's uh, what happens is uh, whose name is now on the deed? Uh, my dad. Your dad. Okay. So I'm assuming there's an ex- this is all, all in a will, correct? Not a trust. It's in a uh, will, yes. Okay. So now who is the who is the executor of the will? My brother. Your brother. So what's going to happen is your brother is going to put the houses up for sale or 
tell your sister, here is the money. There's nothing for her to sign off or protect her. Uh, only She's only a beneficiary under the will. So it's up to the executor to handle it all. And uh, she, uh, what she may want to do is contact a, an attorney uh, on her own, but there should be an attorney involved with this anyway, uh, an administrator. Is the attorney who wrote the will still around, Chuck? Yeah. Okay. She says she can't uh, represent me because she's representing my brother. Uh, oh, she doesn't represent the estate? Yeah. I, because if she represents the estate, if she's the executor to will, she's not representing anybody. She's representing the estate, and it's up to her with the trust, uh, with the executor, uh, to make sure that everybody is given uh, the money uh, equally. And she may have to literally uh, either sell the property or figure out a buyout, and that's just a negotiation. So if so, you don't so we're know— gonna go, We're going to buy out rather than sell. Okay, but then you have to figure out—you have to ascertain the value. There has to be an appraisal. She has to agree to it. Uh, so ask the attorney how all to do that, it. All, and of if, that's been, all of that's been done. All right. So what's I your just, question? Chuck? She, how do I how do I obtain a loan without it being in my name? You're not going to. How do I get it into my name? Because the executor property? is going to transfer the property to you. Mm-hmm. Because right now it's in the estate of your dad. Right. And then what's going to happen is the executor is going to transfer the home to you, to her, and all at the same time, a buyout will be arranged. It's almost like a, an escrow that, that the executor is running. As a matter of fact, it may very well be an escrow if the executor chooses to go into escrow. Or if you can't agree, then the property is sold and the money is split up. That's it. Okay. Okay. And if everybody's on the same side, you're home free. It's one of those things. You know how often uh, do I get calls? Ah, my brother's trying to screw me. Ah, family member. Whenever there's money. This is just a procedural question. And then it's always the same case. If everybody's on the same side, if no one's trying to, if no one's trying to screw anybody else, there's nothing that cannot be figured out. Nothing. Uh, it's any issue is surmountable. And if you don't agree, there's no issue that can be figured out. It becomes insurmountable. All right, this is handle on the law. You know it's fine. I go. AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Welcome back for marginal legal advice. Hello, Chris. Yes. I'm wondering, I was served with a three-day notice to move out, and I'm blind. Oh. I thought it it was supposed to be 30 days. Well, no, there's a three-day notice to pay rent or quit. Yes, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I that's not 30 days. No, that's a that's a 3 day. Now, uh did you pay the rent on time? Yes, sir, on the 1st. Okay, then there then your 3 day notice to pay rent or quit is a waste of time, Chris. Yeah, she but she said on, on the notice it says because we argue. No. And- no, that's that would have to be a 30 day notice. That's not a 3 day notice. And it probably yeah. has to be a 60 day notice and it depends on whether there's rent control or not. I mean, I'm in California. Yeah, where in California? Uh, Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah, I don't think there's rent control there. Uh, she can theoretically throw, not even theoretically, she can throw you out. But I think there is a, uh, there's California statute regarding how much money she has to pay you. You want to, uh, you know what you want to do? Call a landlord tenant attorney. It helps that you're blind, too, because everybody feels sorry for you. How blind are you? 
Um, I, I can see out of my peripheral. That's it. Out of one eye, my left. I lost my left eye. Whoa! How'd you do that? Uh, diabetes. Oh, I that's tough. Never controlled it. I had it since I'm 11. Oh, oh, that's tough. So, but you can see peripherally. Yeah, I can't. All right. So, so, so when you read, her. so when you read, your you you put your uh, head, uh, you face sideways, and then go down and look at the paper, right? No, I don't read nothing, man. I can't even look at women. I just, I just see objects. Well. Frankly, there aren't that many women worth looking at, but uh, that's a value judgment that I have. Uh, you want to you want to contact a landlord a tenant attorney. You really do, Chris. All right. All right. All and, right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. It, and it helps uh, that that you're blind. I mean, it really does because uh, people uh, do feel sorry for you and bad for you. Judges, too. And a judge is probably going to do everything possible to give you every single break. Hey, Rich. You're up. Hello. Hey. Yes, Rich. Hey, how's it going? Thanks. Um, look, I'm going through a divorce right now, and it's a pretty basic divorce. Um, however, my uh, uh, the, the other person um, is uh, has hired an attorney um, just to kind of run up expenses on me, and I'm wondering what is it I can use in court because well, I hang on, hang on a second, Rich. Uh, if I, are you are you the one that's making all the money? Uh, no. Okay, so uh, is it a woman or a man, by the way, on the other side? It's <laughs> a woman. Thanks okay, just wondering. He kept on, you know, my, the other side, uh, et cetera. Okay, so. I don't give her that much credit. Yeah, I know. That's okay. And so are you both making about the same money? Uh, yeah, we were, we were at the time of the divorce. And that's the other question. It's like, is it based on at the time of the divorce or is it based on now? Cause it's, it's a time. No, it's a, it's a time that you, I think you separated. And I do believe that uh, the attorney, I mean, you just fight and have her uh, pay her own attorney's fees. That's what you're going to have to argue. And what right. you're, and if it's a simple, simple divorce, I mean, what, is, what, are, they, what are they asking you for in the divorce? Uh, and that's the whole thing. She's kind of stonewalling this, this guy. I think basically she tried to get this guy on saying, hey, you know what, there's going to be something down the road. And I think she's kind of stonewalling him. All right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What are they asking for in the divorce? Nothing. That's the whole point. I can't get them to, to come to any, any agreement. I've already paid the spousal support ordered by the court. Okay, then what you do is, okay, this gets easy, is you keep on writing saying, I need an agreement, and I need an agreement, and I need an agreement. And by the time the divorce happens and they ask for attorney's fees, Rich, you're not going to be paying a dime. Okay. All right. That's simple. The judge is not going to give you, not going to give her attorney's fees when they, that's the side that wouldn't go through. Just not going to happen. Okay. So she's going to end up uh, paying the attorney. There's nothing around. There's no other way to do it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. You got it. Yeah. Especially under those circumstances. Hello, Mesa, uh, Mavis. Hello. Yes. My question is, I was living with someone who appears to have been a member of a new age group from things that they said during the time I was there. And that was for many years. And we established, I think, what's considered a civil union here in California. We met all those requirements. In the meantime, I have sent a letter, um, and they didn't respond to it within seven to ten days. It was just a friendly letter to acknowledge that, yes, they need to be responsible for you know, half of my living now because it was a civil union. What is they? You're talking about the person you were living with. Yes, I sent that person a letter. You, you sent that person a letter. Okay. And uh, what does a new age group mean? Uh, is it a cult? Is it, uh, what? what is this? From everything that they said 
it appeared to be a cult, but it, it was so gradual that it was not observable at first. And how long were you there? Uh, close to seven years, but mm. total thirteen. Wow! Wow! Okay. So uh, the your you sent the letter to your mate, your partner, uh, and uh, no response. Correct? No response. All right. So what's your question? So how do I go about this in a way that's not unfriendly? In other words, an effective way to to make them responsible. You can't make you can't make them respond, Mavis. All you can do is uh, eventually is file a lawsuit for. Uh, effectively spousal uh, support, right? although it's not spousal, it's uh, based on, uh, what's the name of it? I keep on going, uh, uh, well, okay, we'll call it spousal support. Uh, there's a name, and of course I forgot because uh, here's what I do for a living is forget. And then you just have to have that person served, and they have to respond, believe me. And you have it served by either the marshal or a private investigator, that's what you have to do. How much money? Uh, right. How much money is uh, your partner making? Uh, they made two hundred thousand a year up until about three years ago when they retired. So now, uh, I assume they're uh, retrieving. Why is it a day? I mean, are we talking about a group of people? Is that the kind of cult it was? Uh, that person said they quote gathered seven others into a similar relationship, but not wait a sec! Are. Wait! 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 You're uh, you were with a person, or was this this group of people you were person. with? Pardon? Just one person. Okay, so forget about they. Uh, you, this one person supported you, correct? Uh, I had a job during the time, so I had my own personal little income. But then our our money should have been split between the two of us, including the house. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay, uh, and you were together what ten years? It's been a total of thirteen, but actually living on the premises was seven years. It doesn't matter where you. It doesn't matter where you live, Mavis. Okay. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. You were with this person. This person was making two hundred thousand dollars. You're now making no money. Uh, you can't get hold of teaching money. Okay. Teaching money. You have to private piano. You know, hire hire a lawyer on this. You're going to need a divorce attorney. It's just that simple. You okay, need you need yeah you need a family law attorney. It's just let's just cut to the chase right here. Okay, so yeah, and go, don't, don't do a GoFundMe or anything like no that. No one's going to give you any money. Well, GoFundMe, what, to pay you? I don't know. I've never experienced that, so I don't know. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. No one's going to pay you, Mavis. Okay, I got it. Okay, so hire a, what you want to do is hire a family law attorney. You can go to the website, handleonthelaw.com. Thank you very much. Okay. Oh, what's the other name for spousal support? God, people are screaming at it right now on, on in, in, right into the radio. I know that. Um. Uh, okay, never mind. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM640. We're simulating talk. Bill Handle here, and welcome back to... Handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. Hey, Rick. Rick, 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 you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yes, what can I do for you, Rick? Uh, sorry. Um, my next-door neighbor, during the last rain, had flooded my yard with mud, and it ruined my pool equipment and um, a lot of structures around it. And I have a video of it from my cell phone, and I went to... Um, 
tried to tell her what she did, and she owned up to it at the time when I walked next door, and I had a next-door neighbor on the other side go with me to uh, look at the damage, and uh, she said that she had flood insurance, and she changed her mind and said, no, I don't. I'll pay for it directly. And uh, so she uh, owned up to it, and then when I got all the estimates and everything, went back over there to give her the, the estimates, and she said, no, it's not my fault. I'm not paying for that. All right. How much money is it? What are you talking about, Rick, in terms of money? $10,000. Okay. Uh, you have homeowner's insurance, I'm assuming. I do, yes, sir. So why wouldn't you turn it over to your homeowner's insurance and let them worry about it? Because I don't have flood insurance. I don't know if that's a flood. Is that considered a flood? Yeah, I talked to my insurance agent. And your agent, yeah. and your agent considers a flood? All right, that gets easy. Well, you're, with, you're within the jurisdictional limits of uh, the small claims court, so just take her to small right. claims court. Okay. That's it. Uh, There's nothing I, else. I no, nothing else to say. How's that for complicated? I love neighbor problems. Neighbor's tree, small claims court. Okay, thank you. Uh, tripping, uh, you know, I, well, no, the trip is that's a personal injury, but um, it's always neighbors and it's always small claims court. Wall, small claims court. Uh, dog, small claims court. Noise, small claims court. Pipe broke, small claims court. Hello, Steve. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi there. Yes. So. Uh, I am a, uh, a widower. My wife uh, passed away six months ago, and uh, it was 32 years of marriage. I was officer on a cruise ship. She was a bikini model. It was wonderful, Handel. After 32 years, she's a bikini model? No, when we met. Oh, okay, because I was wondering after 32 years of marriage. That's impressive. So either you married uh, someone 19 years old uh, or you got your numbers incorrect. Okay. Uh, yeah, so she was so, all right. So she's a she was a bikini model, and you got married, which is great. Yeah. Well, it was great until I realized uh, her issues. So uh, she she uh, got sober uh, five years ago, and uh, and met a guy her very first day in the detox, and uh, you know, thirteen steps. So long story short, she succumbed to the disease. She passed away. So now I am uh, got a new girlfriend, but she's down in uh, in uh, Mexico, and I'm a sugar daddy. Oh, good for you! How old is she? She's thirty-ish. Aha! Uh-huh. And you are thirty years older. Why would you describe it as you being a sugar daddy? I'm sure she loves you. For you, yes, indeed. Okay. It's a complicated formula. No, I, yeah, I get that. Money and, yeah, I get it all. So, uh, Steve. I'm happy with it. Okay, I got it. No, no. It, good, and good for you, Steve. You're not delusional. Yeah. I love it. I, I truly do. You know exactly where it's at, and I think it's spectacular. All right, so what can I do for you, Steve? I, I thought you might like that. I do. What? Uh, how do I cover my ass? If I marry this gal, and she does not want to live in the U.S., so it's not about her getting paperwork to come up here. She's happy where she is. But, you know, come up to visit, all that. But how do I cover my ass? Well, are you, well okay, first of all, uh, you're not going to get married, correct? I'm talking about it. Well, uh, I don't understand what covering your ass is when you are considering getting married. So you're going to get married, well, you're going to get married, you're going to live in Mexico, I'm assuming, right? Planning to have a place in Mexico, yes. All right, so what is your question about covering your ass? Uh, if I had a residency in the state in, in the United States, what state is the best one to be in to not get nailed if this thing blows now, Steve, up? Steve, there, there really isn't one. Uh, really? However, what you're, the, the more you spend time here without her, 
the better the argument is, is that uh, there's there's no place to go. You're not living together. Now, you may be giving her money, but there's a big difference in giving her money and supporting her. And that's going to be your argument. And I don't think, is she going to hire a lawyer here and ask for alimony, which means she's going to have to come up here for depositions? And yeah, Steve, I don't think it's a big deal at this point. I really don't. And are you reasonably happy? I mean, yeah. are you, I'm sorry, are you reasonably healthy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't plan on croaking soon. Yeah, I just lost sixty pounds getting healthy. Oh, good for you! Just so you can, uh, just so you can uh, get laid with a thirty-year-old, right? Well, that might be one of the motivations. Okay, I got it. Uh, there's no way really around it. The, the longer you're with her, and the more you support her, the stronger her argument is going to be for spousal support. And it doesn't really matter if you're married or not. Now, it could matter in Mexico. Uh, that, yeah, I got to figure that part. Yeah, out. you, you know, need. Damn handle! I just got done writing a three thousand dollar check a month over the last five years. Have you? There. Wow, that's a lot of money for her. Boy, you're not kidding. You're a sugar I daddy. Know. I was writing that to the ex that passed away. Oh, so you're ahead of the game. How much is how much is this one costing you? Uh, on a week. A hundred, four hundred dollars a month. Eh, you know, you're not going to get nailed. Pretty. Yeah, no, I think you're going to be fine. Especially she's in Mexico. Just enjoy yourself. Interesting question. What's the best state or how do I cover my ass and I pay her after she realizes that? No, if she's ready, if she's in her 30s and he's in his 60s uh, and he's paying her, my guess is he could hit 100 and they'd still be together. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here. Uh, it is a Saturday morning, and I'm here from 6 to 11 o'clock, as I am every Saturday, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 o'clock on uh, the morning show. Cleverly called uh, the Handel Show. It used to be, well, this show, did you know, used to be, uh, well, uh, once I was told Handel on the Law when I started this so many years ago uh, was somehow suggestive. It was sexually suggestive. Handle on the law. Some woman uh, had actually called me on it. And I said, ma'am, uh, what if I, What do you do if I change my last name to Fondle? What do you think, huh? Okay, uh, I got it. All right, uh, let's, yeah, let's just do it. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal, oh no, actually it was Fondle Yourself in the Morning. That's what it was. It was Handle Yourself in the Morning and then I said, fondle yourself in the morning. That's, geez, that almost worked, didn't it? All right, let's try that again. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. All right. Um, all right, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, this is uh, California, Oregon, Washington, and this is a case out of Alameda County, which is up north, uh, northern California. This had to do with um, whether or not the county 
has the ability to say no to a prospective gun store owner saying we have the right to say you cannot establish open a gun store within X number of feet as a zoning ordinance of residential neighborhoods or schools or daycare centers uh, or other firearm retailers uh, or liquor stores. And uh, it went to court because what uh, a potential gun store owner did was he took uh, the county to court saying, you don't have a right to limit my ability to sell guns. It's a Second Amendment issue. Well, uh, it went up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal, and there's first a three-judge panel. And what they said is, we are dismissing the lawsuit challenging the county zoning ordinance. They do have a right to do that. And then something kind of interesting happened. You can appeal from an appeals court determination with a three-judge panel to a full court. In other words, this went to an 11-court uh, of the, within the Ninth Circuit Court. It has the same uh, power to, de- to make a determination, but it basically was a second go-round. In other words, you lost uh, the first time, and then you go, okay, now I want the same district court, appeals court, to rule again. The court can do that. doesn't do it very often, but they will hear the appeal again, and that's what happened. Well, guess what the uh, Ninth Circuit did, uh, the full 11-judge panel? They upheld the dismissal, and the bottom line is uh, the county has a right to say you are not establishing a gun store within X number of feet, 1,000 feet, whatever it is. doesn't say in this particular story. And even further, regarding the Second Amendment, because this all had to do with a constitutional right, the Second Amendment does not create a commercial right to sell guns as long as people have the ability to buy guns. So if there's a gun store a mile down the street, the Second Amendment doesn't protect anybody. You know, you, you can't have a prospective gun owner saying, oh, you're forcing me to drive a mile instead of doing one around, instead of buying one around the corner. And it goes the other way, too. A gun store owner can't say, oh, you're forcing those people in that neighborhood to drive a mile or five miles or 10 miles. So the bottom line is, and this makes all the sense in the world, think about this. Why wouldn't a county be able to have an ordinance that says you will not sell guns near schools, parks, etc.? <coughs> now, uh, those restrictions uh, also have been upheld, uh, but much easier, and there's no argument about that, although there were some constitutional attacks on that. Does a county or a city have the right to say, uh, we don't want any sexual predators, convicted uh, sex offenders, to live within a half a mile of a school, a park, area, where any place where kids congregate? Well, that is the law, and what that does is you have these sexual predators living under bridges because there's no place they can actually buy or rent a home. So they're out in either in the middle of the desert way out there or living under a bridge if they happen to work. But the bottom line is, you bet, counties, certainly zoning ordinances are allowed when it comes to the ownership of a gun store and where you're going to put it up. All right, let's take some phone calls. All right, Bill. Hello, Bill. Hi, Bill. Uh, my question is regarding uh, spousal support. Small claims and, court. Uh, and and uh, I was married for 24 years. At the time of my divorce, uh, my kids were all over 18 years old, which is about four years ago. Um, the court ordered that I pay $450 a month in spousal support. 
and my wife, ex-wife, has been living with a, a man for that time. And uh, my question is, can I have that removed? Not really. It's lifetime support, I'm assuming, after 24 years. Yeah, it's it, lifetime support. Yeah, it really right? doesn't, doesn't really matter that she's been living with a man or not living a man. Probably the uh, divorce decree says until she gets married. And what ends up happening is you just never get married. If there's uh, a substantial amount of support, for example, no one ever gets married. Uh, and but there isn't four hundred fifty dollars a month is nothing. No, I know, but it's. Uh, I, I assume that there was a presumption when I've, I've talked to another attorney, and they said there was a presumption that, that he's supporting her. Um, that, that I, I think change of terms is going to be a, a little bit difficult, and it's a presumption that he's supporting her. I don't even know what the. You, you can't come in with a, a presumption. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. So, uh, no, I think you're done. You're going to be paying your $450 a month for the rest of her life. Uh, and Well, probably your life, too, uh, because when you die, there isn't really a whole lot of money to pay. Uh, hello, Michael. Uh, yes. Yes. I have a question. My mother passed away. She had a living trust. Now, the deed uh, needs to be transferred from parent to child. No, it has to be transferred from the trust to the child. Correct. Did the trust own the property? I beg your pardon. Did the trust own the property? Was the tr- was the property in the trust's name? Yes. Okay. So uh, you simply are going to, or the trustee simply goes ahead and transfers it to the child. But I've been told if the property, is, the value, of the property is over one million, then that the taxes will increase. I have no idea about taxes. You're talking to the wrong guy. I don't do taxes. If you want to ask about taxes, I'll give you the name of my accountant. Okay. Okay. So you know, people ask me questions about taxes all the time. I don't take tax questions. I also don't take plumbing, uh, plumbing questions either. Now it's up in the air whether I take veterinary questions. You know, my bird has some bird disease. What's the name of it? Never heard of that bird disease, but throw another one at me. It's hilarious where people ask me questions. I'm also good with pancreatic diseases, too. I just want to point that out. If you have a question about one of those, please feel free. This is Handle on the Law. You were the rooftop in the top of my Stimulating talk. This is Handle on the Law. All right, Jean. Uh, hi, Jean. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Oh, thank you. Uh, Bill, I had a, purchased a Ford Fiesta, brand new, 2012, um, and it had a clutch shift problem. I took it in three or four times. They kept saying it's repaired, and it wasn't. Uh, and I wanted a replacement vehicle. They said no. So I took them to arbitration. They declined my claim. Um, and now I just got a notice that there is a class action suit. In All right. Our- Hang on a minute. You, The arbitrator declined your claim, correct? Correct. Okay. And now you got notice of a class action suit. Right. And okay. I had to trade it in because I couldn't get satisfaction. And the car only had 12,000 miles. So I took about a $7,000 loss on it. But I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't drive it. You know, it keeps. Right. So what's your question, Jean? Uh, should I get an attorney to represent me? No, in- no. For $7,000, Jean? For 7000 No, no, no. Because your damage is $7,000. Right. Okay. Uh, what, what attorney are you going to get? Because they're at five, six hundred dollars an hour. 
Oh, I thought they might take it on a contingency. Not a, not a single case. So I oh. think you have to join the class action. That's the only thing you can do is be part of the class action. Now, taking it to arbitration, I don't know if that precludes you from joining the class action. I think, no, I think you're okay on that one because you can, well, because you have to opt out of the class action. And I don't know the rules to that. But whatever the case, Gene, you're not, you're not going to hire an attor- attorney. And no attorney is going to take that one on contingency. Oh, okay. Well, you're the expert. I am the expert. I'm always the expert. Keep that in mind. My fact, that's, as a matter of fact, that's my middle name, is the expert. Rose, it's uh, Bill, the expert handle. Can I help you? Hi, good morning. Yes, ma'am. I heard you're Adam the radio, so I gave you a Wait, wait, I can understand. Yeah, I'm I'm barely understanding a word you say. Let's, Let's start from the top. Okay, we have owned a grocery store for 30 years. Uh, husband passed away from cancer. My son tried to run it, couldn't run it, so we sold it, put it up for sale. Sold it to a man, um, and we had a contract, signed it, was expecting payment. He since then, uh, well, this was many years ago, he transferred it to his daughter for some reason, so we had another contract, signed that one. We were kind of ignorant on contracts as you can tell, um, waited for payment, but we were so distraught over the death of my husband. And so we forgot about the money. And for, for how long, in, Rose, for how long did you forget about the money? We, that's five, two or three months. Oh, okay. We, that's no big deal. All right. Legally, it's nothing. All right. He died, he died in September and in December, January. All right. Got it. We were supposed to get some money. We got nothing from them. Uh, I went to the store to see the, the man. He said, well, now it's in my daughter's name. It turns out she's a lawyer. Um, but before that, um, we, during the interim, we went to transfer the liquor license to her name, uh, the business license to her name. So she got all she needed to run the store. They ran the store for two or three years, uh, raised the prices crazily. So they, and Rose, you were getting, and Rose, you were getting money at that time, right? You were getting payments pursuant to the, uh, the, uh, the sale contract. We were supposed to get payments. You never got payment. You never got payment. Never and how long did you let never getting payment uh, go for? I think six months, and then I hired all right. a lawyer. All right, so you hired a lawyer, which makes all the sense in the world. And what happened, and what's your question? Spent another $10,000 on that, trying to get $60,000. We met, uh, maybe a month later, we met and said, she said, uh, yeah, you, you know, I can't, uh, if you reduce the amount, why don't we negotiate in reducing the amount, and then I'll give you this much? So I thought, you know what? The store is closed. We have nothing. Let's get dirty rather than nothing. So I said, okay, we met. We met her lawyer, my lawyer. We met, and nothing came of that. She, we signed again, and she said, okay, we'll reduce it to thirty, and you start paying twelve hundred dollars a month. Not a dime. All right. Not so what? Dime. So I got it. So see, you reduced it. You have a contract now for thirty thousand dollars. So you cut the debt in half, and she reneged on that one too. All right. So what's your what's your question, Rose? Well, I, I got a, my lawyer to get a collector's attorney because the court case. Yeah. What's What's your question, Rose? No money, uh, collector's attorney, and I just called the collector. He said, "Well, you lost everything." Well, if you, I don't know why you could, I don't know why not straight out suing her, and you don't need a collection attorney to sue her. Well, and, I just go ahead and sue her. Yeah, now. that's it. You sue her for thirty thousand dollars, which uh, unfortunately for you didn't keep it sixty. But yes, she owes you thirty thousand dollars. And if it is a business contract, 
that is actually if, if it is reason no if it is a business contract as the document itself if it's reasonably well written there's an attorney's fees clause in there that she will have to pay your attorney's fees again so i need to in suing her i have to hire another attorney well correct? probably yeah how much would that run? Uh, depends. Depends if she wants to fight it. But it, in the end, it doesn't really matter because uh, because in the end, she'll have to pay unless she goes bankrupt on you. She did. She filed bankruptcy. Oh, then it's over. If she filed bankruptcy, Rose, you, you left that out. Then it's over. You're done. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's no, there's no place to collect it anymore, Rose. She's an attorney. It doesn't matter. She filed bankruptcy. It doesn't matter if she's an attorney. It doesn't matter if she is a truck driver. It doesn't matter if she's a dairy farmer. It doesn't matter. Oh, my God. She filed bankruptcy. You're done. You're finished. That's what bankruptcy is about. I'm glad I ruined your life. Excellent. This is Handle on the Law. Darkness right in front of me. Oh, it's calling out and I won't walk away. I would always open up the door. Always looking up. This is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hi, hello, Roy. Welcome. Yeah, hey, guys. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Bill, I my dad passed away about 10 years ago. He was married to my stepmother. Nobody informed me of my dad's passing until about a year later. My stepmother has finally passed away. The hell with her. Anyway, um, do I have any legal rights to go after any of my dad's assets? It depends on the will. If he there is no will. if he wrote a will, yes, then you get half, and uh, your stepmom gets half. Then but you she's have to dead now. She's dead. Then uh, you still get his half, and that's it, because her half goes to her. The money that she was able to get when your dad died, she was entitled to half of it because she was married to him. The kids are entitled to the other half. So uh, uh, do you have siblings? I'm No, I'm my dad's only son. Okay, so there, So it's 50-50. And when your uh, stepmom died, it's uh, her family that gets her money. You have nothing to do with it. So it's just uh, your claim to your dad. And did you ever get any money when your dad died? Nope. Did he, got a dime. And did he have money? Uh, yeah, but not not a whole bunch. They had a little apartment building in Tucson in Arizona. Yeah, it's probably and then it's probably not worth it. But the answer to your question: Are you entitled to any money from her? You are not. Oh, okay. All right, so it's probably not worth uh, going after uh, ten years later. But then uh, there's no. I don't think there's a statute issue is a problem because if they if you didn't know, do you have a do you have a duty to find out? I don't know the answer to that one. All right, Ken. Hi, Ken. Yeah, Ken, go ahead. Yes. Okay. So this is uh, Orange County Family Court. All right, Ken. Are you uh, are you on a cell phone? I uh, yeah. am. I can tell we have a problem with that. Uh, Ken, are you there? Is that better? All right. Let's try that again. Okay. 
Orange County Family Court. My child was two years old, and I uh, got the court-ordered paternity test in California. The results came back that I am the father, but um, LabCorp, who conducted the, the, the swab in California court, sent back the results from the state of Minnesota, analyzed and notarized from Minnesota. Is this normal? Yeah, I don't know why. Why not? I mean, is is the test from Minnesota any different, or did they accept the uh, the DNA test from Minnesota? I don't know. Uh, California court. I would imagine that in California they would have a test lab. And a no, 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 no. They can uh, no. A judge can determine. Uh, uh, that a DNA test done anywhere is valid. There's nothing that says that a DNA test must be done in the state. At least I don't think so. Awesome, man. Thank you. Really All right. Yeah, I mean, why? Uh, I don't know why. Also, awesome that he was deemed the father, that it even had to be a paternity test. If it's awesome, why wouldn't you say I'm the dad as opposed to uh, necessary to get a paternity test? Hmm? See, someone says you're the dad. You go, of course I'm the dad. You need a paternity test for that? Hello, Josh. Yes. Yes. All right, so my question for you is I'm, I'm a United States veteran, and I went to Home Depot, and they offer an everyday deal for veterans, but I come to find out that they only offer it to uh, service-connected disabled veterans. And being a veteran myself, I find that that's, a, that's discriminating against all veterans. That's Why? So if, they, if, they're discri- if, if they're saying this is for service-related uh, injuries for vets, where is the discrimination? Um, well, to me, it's discrimination for all veterans. Why? They, Why? They, they have said it's... They only offer, they that's only right. Offer the everyday deal on holiday. That's right. Yeah, they can do that. And by the uh, way, Rob, it is discrimination, but it's perfectly legal discrimination. Really? For, yeah. Oh, how's this one for you? All right, okay. you go to the, you go to a movie, uh, let's say a movie theater that says all cops that are in uniform will be allowed in for free. Well, okay. how about the cops who aren't in your uniform? They're still police officers. There's discrimination. True. There's worth a there, there's a lawsuit. True. Okay. Okay. So it's uh, fascinating how people look at that. Also, I know some restaurant owners who say if you're a cop in uniform. You, you get a meal at half price. And if you're not, you get to pay. Oh, discrimination. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. All right, John. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, I have a city tree or a city tree has uprooted my driveway and broken the street up. The city, I filed a claim. They, initially, they told me to, I'm on a list to have the tree removed. After seven years, I filed a claim. And they denied it because of discovery. Well, I looked up the repair orders on that street because the tree roots break up the street. They've been repairing it for 12 to 15 years. I don't understand about discovery. Oh, they said that they hadn't discovered it. Is that that what they're arguing? They're saying I discovered it, my discovery, you know, when I went in there initially seven years ago. I, I don't understand. They're denying it because of your discovery. I don't understand how that makes sense. Well, that's that's what they said. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't compute. Okay. If you've discovered it and you let them know about it, we're not going to repair it because you discovered it. Is that what they're saying? No, they're saying the time of discovery. I had a year after I discovered it to file the claim. Oh. 
Got it. Uh, now, how do they know? They, how do they know when it was starting to break up, John? How did they know? I went into the city and told them that their tree was cracking. Okay, well that's a, okay, and and they're saying between that point and when you made a claim, it has to be a year, and there's and Correct. that's why they denied it. Correct. Okay. And your question? Well, they caused the by putting all that asphalt in the gutter. They changed the. There's no flow, and they created the flood issue. And all right. They knew about discovery. Okay, know, and, does, and, does, and, and does that have anything to do with discovery? That one, or is it the tree that's tearing up the sidewalk? Because you're talking two issues here. Right. Well, okay. The, the, the tree that tore up the sidewalk created uh, issues on the street, and the city would plug patch right over the tree roots that went across. Perpendicular okay, so uh, so you didn't tell the city uh, other than you didn't make a claim at all. You just simply let the city know that all of that was happening. Correct. Okay. Well, and they said no. Okay. There's an argument they have. Yep. They. So you get to take. You get to appeal that one. Okay. Because okay, of course they're going right. to say no. They always say no. So you go up through the appeals process, and then you go to okay. your city. And after that's done, you go to your city council person and start screaming. Uh, because they have uh, someone who works there that is a const- that is a constituent representative, an ombudsman, if you will, and then you want to get them on your side. You don't want to hire a lawyer because that you'll drive yourself crazy on that one. This is handle on the law. Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. We're simulating talk to Handle on a Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, hello, Lonnie. Welcome. Hey, hey Bill. Uh, it's Lonnie. Uh, I'm the guy who called you in the Social Security. Um, I got an idea. You can make a lot of money. Um, you know, the cop that shot somebody, make a, because the, the, the gun is metal, right? The gun is what? The, the gun is made out of metal. All you need is a sensor there. It comes on automatically when there's no metal there. Uh-huh. You can make a million dollars on that. that. At least. So why are, so Lonnie, how come you're not making a million dollars? Why are you giving I, me the idea? I, I sleep in a van and I don't. Ah, got it. 25000 There's $25,000 to get a patent and all that. Ah, um, Yeah. Just give me a little bit, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, okay, let me, Lonnie, let me think about it. All right? Okay, then, then the other one I have is um, it's three feet uh, outside a bicycle and take, like, something flexible like a fishing pole that expands out to uh, three feet where if the car hits it, it goes zing, you know, like that. And I've been hit, almost hit by people and people, they, they don't, I guess they don't know what three feet is. Hmm. And, okay, back to my... Uh, that might make you some some money, but uh, I like the idea with the uh, sensor. You need an engineer because uh, yeah. So you want an engineer? Back. All right, well, you know. Yeah, I get it. Put, if you can put something on a on a keychain, will open up a car door. I'm sure you could put something on a keychain that'll work a little sensor. And, and uh, once the gun comes out, it's automatic because the, the cop isn't going to reach up and turn his turn his uh, camera on. Yeah, no, I get that. All right, uh, thanks for the ideas, Lonnie. That's uh, brilliant. Hello, Bob. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. 
Uh, we brought a car into the uh, dealership for a periodic oil change, and while they had it, they uh, apparently backed uh, an RV into it. Oh, that's lovely. And uh, wrecked the whole uh, passenger side of the car. It literally pierced through, made a hole through um, the the uh, the uh, passenger door. So. Trying to figure out uh, what to do. I'll they tell you say, what to oh, do. Well, you, it's, you, it's you, an accident. Bob, you tell them to fix it. Yeah. That's well, it. It was, a, it was a brand new car. Okay, and I understand. So you tell them to fix it, and then the issue becomes uh, how much value was lost in the car. Now, keep in mind, even though it was brand new, there's no such thing as a brand new car that you have bought. Because the second you have bought it, it's a used car. So the value of that car is what was it before it was wrecked, and what is the repair, after it's repaired, has it gone down in value because it was repaired? The repair itself is easy. They've got to fix it and bring it back to exactly the way it was, Bob. So, right. So that one's uh, a no-brainer. The well, only they, Go ahead. They, they actually uh, bent the, the frame. Aha. So. That is a different issue. Bending the frame now becomes an issue where it may very well just be a salvage car because the value of a bent frame brings the car down to virtually nothing, or it really brings it down. How much did you pay for the car, Bob? Uh, I think it was uh, about 45000 Okay, and how long did you have it before uh, they wrecked it? Uh, from uh, December yeah. to... Uh, just, no, no, how many months? How many months did you have it? Less than six months. Six months. Okay, so you have to figure out the value of the car, six months old. Right. All right, whatever it is, it's certainly not going to be $45,000. Let's say it's 38000 All right, okay. something along those lines. And you may even have gap insurance if you're smart, but you probably don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, because no one does, and they should. Yeah. And so the only issue you have is uh, once the repair, they're going to take care of how much value uh, is lost with the uh, the frame being bent, and it could be astronomical, Bob. Okay. Because I, I, I don't think people buy cars that have bent frames. Well, it, whether the frame was bent or not, it's it's a subtraction of the value. It is. Oh no, no, there is a subtraction of the value. There's no question. However, there's a big difference between a frame that's been bent versus just a straight repair. For example, so you punch through, let's say, so they put a new door on. Right. Okay, well, and then they... they, they, they then, they'll reskin the door. They're not going to put a new door right, whatever on. It ta- what, it doesn't matter. It, whatever it takes to bring it back to where it was just before the wreck took place. Right. Whether it's reskinning, repainting the entire side, it, it doesn't matter, whatever it is. But the, okay. the frame part, that's the part where you get to do a little homework because they're going to argue with you because you're going to argue that this thing went down $15,000 or whatever or whatever the figure is. And uh, so as soon as that research is done, then you smile, you send them, a, you uh, make a demand, they're going to say no. And if you have to, you sue, the, you sue them. There's not much right. you can do. Or you go to your, uh, your insurance company and they'll sue them. Under a subrogation, okay. uh, then right. yeah. So you want to call? Do you have an agent? Do you have an insurance agent? Yes. Call your insurance agent. Also, ask some advice because your insurance agent has been through this, and I haven't. All right, and uh, they, they don't. 
they're also arguing that the frame isn't fixed. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah, but then you take it and you take it too. Of course they're going to argue that. They're probably going to argue that it wasn't them. They're probably going to argue it wasn't <laughs> even that it was in your your driveway when it happened and you're responsible. Bob, they're going to argue the moon. Uh, so that's why you want to talk to your insurance agent and say, how do I go, go from here? Uh, because a lot of it has to do, you probably have to tow it to a, another or drive it if it's drivable to another facility uh, probably to a body shop who then will say, yes, it is bent. And it's, it's going to be, uh, you're going to be in a, a fight with them. That's all. Talk to your agent and uh, ask for that advice. That's the best thing you can do. All right. This is Handle on the Law. It is a Saturday morning, and I'm here until 11 o'clock, 6 to 11 o'clock every single Saturday. Uh, Coming up after this show, it's Leo Laporte, who's here uh, today and tomorrow, 11 to 2. And then the the rest of Saturday is Neil Savager with a fork report from 2 to 5. Mo Kelly from 6 to 8 o'clock tonight. Monique Marvez uh, from 8 to 10. And then Brian Suits with a dark secret place. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Uh, This is out of Florida, and when I first read this story, I said, no, no, this cannot be true. And there is uh, a Palm Beach County School District, and a teacher had molested four little girls in 2005. And there is no issue that the teacher had done it, teacher had been nailed. That is right there. And of course, there is a lawsuit that the the girls filed. You would think so. And it's uh, now a dozen years after the the incident. And the district is poised to pay $3.6 million to settle the lawsuit. Because you know how they answered the lawsuit? They were third graders when they first accused the teacher of fondling them in the classroom he pled guilty to child abuse charges, so there is no issue at all. In response to the lawsuit, the district, the district said, and these are court documents, that the children were old, old enough to appreciate the consequences of their action. They were third graders, and they should have known and when they did what their teacher told them to, they should have known that it was wrong and that the children conducted themselves in a careless and negligent manner and the school district should not be held responsible. That is beyond belief. Now, of course, uh, the, the district caved immediately and they're going to pay $3.6 million, but it wasn't even immediately. Uh, This lawsuit was filed uh, way back when, 
And here is why it took so long. Uh, the civil suit was filed in about 10 years ago. And it's just been going on and on and on. Their lawyer said, Here is, here's why it took so long and why the teacher targeted these kids. Because they were immigrant kids. And the parents didn't know or may not have known how to report the crimes to the authorities and were frightened of their status and wouldn't do that. And uh, the case has gone through a bunch of amendments, a bunch of schools, and the school board uh, finally admitted, uh, agreed to pay $3.6 million. And that was negotiated through mediation. That is astounding to me how uh, a school board or anybody can argue third graders should know the carelessness of their actions and they conducted themselves in a way, in a negligent manner, where the molestation was at least partially their fault. Ugh, drives you nuts, doesn't it? All right, let's go ahead and take some phone calls. Uh, Hey, Sarah, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Hi. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Last week, I came back to my apartment, which I rent in the early evening after visiting my family all day. And I noticed that the the toilet, the part that holds the water, was leaking. And it wasn't leaking before. And my partner noticed out that there was a slight crack in the tank. I contacted our handyman, and he repaired it a day later. My landlord emailed me last night and demanded that I pay for the cost of the replacement. Am I legally obligated to pay for it? Uh, yeah. Well, no, you're not legally obligated. I mean, there's nothing in uh, any statute that says you are obligated to pay. Uh, his argument is going to be that you caused the damage. And if you look at your lease, maybe you're contractually obligated to pay. On the other hand, uh, h- how much is the repair? She doesn't know yet. Well, she just emailed me last night. Yeah, and just said that I needed to pay for it. Right. Well, just the first thing you want to do is simply ask uh, how much are we talking about. We didn't do it, although who else would have done it? And did it just right. did it just start leaking? Which it does happen. Was there actually a crack in the in the bowl? No, the, not in the bowl. The the chain that holds water. Oh, the so chain. Like oh, come crack. on. Yeah, you know, I just had one of those. It's it's three bo- It's three dollars for one of those. They had to replace the whole toilet. All right. Well, that's their issue. If they want, if it's just the chain that broke, uh, that you just go to a hardware store and in two seconds you replace it. Matter of fact, my wife replaced it because I won't get near the toilets because that's disgusting. So I let her. I'm sorry. It's not the chain. So you know, on the outside of the tank that holds the water. Yeah. Okay, the top part. There's a slight crack. Oh, you're talking about on the the, the top. You're talking about the the ceramic top that actually you put on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, and no, no, not the top of the tank. It's it's uh, on the wall. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if I'm being clear. Okay, the wall of the toilet itself. Yes. Okay, got it. So it's the back wall or the front wall of the tank part. Got it. Exactly. And uh, and so the repair is uh, what they just put some. Oh, they replaced the whole thing. Yes, they did. All right. Well, it's not going to be a lot of money. So find out how much money it is. Negotiate. Uh, how long have you been there? How important is it to stay there? Uh, what if it's 100 bucks? What if it's $50? What if it's $200? You say, hey, I'll pay half of it. Uh, you tell your landlord, I'm not paying for it at all because uh, I'm, I'm simply not responsible. And so you leave, and the landlord then takes 
uh, the 100 or 200 or whatever it costs uh, as against your deposit. Uh, so the bottom line is, are you legally obligated? Uh, who the hell knows? Look at your lease. And now it's more a question not of the law. It's a question of uh, how long do you want to stay there and how important it is for you. <laughs> All right? Just start talking. It's one of those things where you just start talking. And the answer is, uh, is there a section 103.5A, you must repair a toilet? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. All right. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday. And welcome back to Handle on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. Okay, Phil. Hi, Phil. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. Um, hey, I'm an uh, officer on my HOA's board of directors. I'm the treasurer. And in my real life, I'm an environmental consultant. Um, about a year ago, my HOA brought on a new management company, and when they came on, one of the things I shared with them was an environmental uh, evaluation that I did pro bono for my HOA a couple of years ago on water usage. They really liked what I put together, and they've asked me to uh, do the same thing, um, paid for, of course, by, for other uh, HOAs that they manage. So we, my, my company and this management company have entered into a contractual relationship uh, to do work. We haven't, we've agreed to terms, but we haven't actually signed a contract for a specific scope of work yet. My question is, would this constitute a conflict of interest no. with my fiduciary responsibilities with the HOA? No, because it has nothing to do with your HOA. It has nothing to do with your particular uh, building. You've already done that for free. And you're just talking about doing it for other uh, other HOAs, right? Even though it's the same company that manages. Correct. I'm just worried about the contractual responsibility. So what if I were to, for instance, get into a, a contractual dispute with with this management company? They didn't pay their bills. They're upset. Oh, I see what you're saying. As a, as a member of the HOA, uh, I don't think there's a conflict. I think you just have to, they have to recognize that you put in there that you're a member of the HOA and everybody rec- uh, realizes that. And if there is a conflict, it's waived. That's what I would okay. do. I don't think there's one anyway, but it, it helps to cover your ass on this. So I should just make a dec- uh, disclosure to the, the board and probably to my company. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. And then have them sign off and say, if there is a conflict, we don't care. Okay. That's 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 the easiest way of dealing with that. I don't think there's a conflict anyway, but so much, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, Glenn. Hi, uh, Glenn. How are you? Welcome to uh, Handle on the Law. Why did I ask how are you? I don't care. Uh, all right, Glenn. Welcome. Uh, my wife uh, is trustee of my mother-in-law's irrevocable trust, and uh, an agent at the bank where the funds are kept uh, told us that they think that there's a waiting period before distributing uh, the funds to the heirs. And they thought maybe 30 to 45 days. Um, do you know if there is a way? I don't think there is. No, I don't think there is a specific amount of time uh, that uh, legally. I think that what the trustee has to do, your wife, is make sure that all the bills are paid. 
Right. We're, we're in the, that process. And it's probably going to take longer than 30 or 45 days anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so it uh, it's no harm, no foul. But uh, no, I I don't think there is a statutory time before the bill. All right. Yeah, I, it, so and it doesn't matter because if you're doing a responsible job as the trustee, you literally have to go and and make every reasonable attempt. And then you have a beneficiary. If you don't argue, hey, you know what? Uh, this doesn't work. Uh, Neil. Hello, Neil. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Can I uh, appeal a small claims ruling? Sure. And uh, there's only one question, and that is, how long ago was the ruling? Less than a month. Yes. You have 30 days in which to do that. You just file. It's called a trial de novo, which means new trial. And you just, you do it again. It's effectively just another shot at the small claims uh, in the, the small claims court. Now, was it? Wait a second. Now, was it? Wait, wait. Was it you that sued, or are you the defendant? I was the plaintiff, and I. Won, oh no! That's and you lost. No, I won. Oh yeah. So you're talking about the other side appealing? No, I want to appeal. I only won partial. Oh no! That's it. That's it. You're done. The judge ruled. You ha- you have your judgment. That's that's over. It's the defense that can appeal it. You got what you got. I got screwed. Yeah, well, that happens all the time. What, small claims court? You don't get screwed? How much did you ask for? Well, I had 500 in expenses. It was a landlord-tenant issue. The question was simply, did the landlord, who was the defendant, give the defendant, give the plaintiff written notice, 30 days written notice? And she did not give me the notice. She and couldn't prove that she gave me the notice. It's a yes or no question. And, what is, and the judge, okay, and the judge ruled, and how much of the $500 did you get? Well, I got about 270 plus court costs. She only gave me half of my hotel stays. All right. Zero, zero of my out-of-pocket food costs, which I just used the IRS level for per diem. Uh, to me, it's an all-or-nothing case. All right. Well, according to the judge, who is the one that makes that decision, not the case. Well, she so, wasn't a judge. Was I, a, no, it, I understand. Court. She was a, uh, a commissioner, uh, and that's the way it works. It's a lawyer. It's an all-or-nothing case, and I understand. How, how can uh, I win? Because, it's a, because that's the way it goes. Wait, you're, are you confusing a small claims case with number one justice, number one uh, rationality, logic? You really? You're confusing all there of that? Yeah, there well, that's, that's a huge mistake. You, you can't do that. You really can't. Hello, Alex. Welcome to Handle on the Law. February 1970, I pled guilty to a charge of possession of marijuana for sale, a felony. I believe health and safety code 11530.5. Anyway, that felony is still there. I went to buy a firearm recently. They said you can't. How do I get rid of it? You ask for, uh, you want to do a motion to bring that felony down to a misdemeanor. And then uh, you go ahead and apply, because under California law, with a misdemeanor, you can, in fact, buy a weapon. So what you get to do is go to a criminal attorney and uh, find out how that works. Some you can do, some you can't. The good news is it was so long ago, I mean a zillion years ago, that uh, the requirement that it be within a certain period of time or outside that period of time, you've more than met that. And I'm assuming you've had no other criminal issues against you. I'm assuming you haven't been popped for anything. Okay, uh, you definitely want to go to a criminal attorney and see where you go on that. So just go to handleonthelaw.com, uh, where we have tons of criminal attorneys, and just ask one of them uh, where you can go with this. 
All right, good luck, or not so good luck. Frankly, do I want you running around, another person with a weapon? Yeah, that's just what we need. Watch me run into him. He gets it, gets the weapon, he's in a car, and he and I get involved with the road rage incident, and he blows my brains out. Boy, am I, and as he's blowing my brains out, but you told me what to do, Bill, when you used to have a head. This is Handle on the Law. And I want to feel something again. I just want to feel something again. How's it going? Won't you help me sober up, growing up and make me love? And I want to feel something again. Won't you help me sober up? And welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handle. This is Handle on the Law. Hey, Jake. Welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Bill, here's the big question. My wife and my son both work for a junior college district here in Southern California. There's a new HR head person who's passed down an edict that says if you have a relative that works within the district, you can't promote anywhere. Um, is there anywhere you think we can go with this? Um, yeah, that's a tough one because that's... Uh, they, they can't get rid of you, obviously, because you're grandfathered in. Uh, but that is a policy that is instituted. There's nothing unreasonable about that. There, well, let me put it this way. It may be unreasonable, but it's not arbitrary, capricious, crazy. You can argue reasonability. And it's administrative decision uh, that's being made by an administrative uh, organization, which the courts say, hey, you know what? Unless it's crazy, uh, too bad. So do I think you can go anywhere? No, I don't. Now, that doesn't mean you can't talk to a labor attorney and just say, hey, is there uh, anything here? Is there any case in which we can look at? Or you can even uh, do a little research on your own, Jake, and uh, just throw in some uh, Google words and uh, look at a law firm who has uh, maybe check out the law if there is a statute, which I don't know if there is, probably not. And uh, maybe a law firm, a lawyer who's taken this up and has gotten a decision. But my guess is I think you're out of luck. Okay. All right. I've I've talked to the Public Employee uh, Resources Board, PERB, and it's like they'll help you once you file a long grievance, but they won't give you any advice in the meantime. Well, then how about this? Uh, Here's the other problem is uh, you can only argue that if you've been denied a promotion. And the issue is are one of you being denied a promotion because of the anti-nepotism clause And if they're willing to say that, uh, then you have a shot. You file a grievance and you go up on that one. But what if you're denied a promotion just because uh, you're not qualified or because uh, I'd rather have someone else? And it has nothing. There there have been cases where they have people have been told flat out you can't get this promotion because. okay, and that is fair enough. So. Then if they're if they're willing to do that, if they're willing to put that in writing that you have not been promoted because of this, then you have a legitimate grievance. But at this point, uh, are you up for a promotion? Have you asked about it? Have you applied for it? Would you be up for it but for this new policy? And so I, I don't know the answer to that because it's factual answer. I don't know exactly what your circumstances are. Uh, but again, it's uh, you're obviously doing some research. You already found out that uh, there has to be a case. You can't just say, hey, what if? And that's typically any court case. There has to be a real case in uh, in front of the court where someone is actually being uh, harmed or 
yeah, you'd have to actually be harmed saying I didn't get a promotion because. So anyway, check it out. Do your research. My guess is no. And since I'm not being denied a promotion, I mean, really, do I care? No, not really. Hello, Mike. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, Bill. Yes. I have a question for you. Sure. I'm 64 years old right now. My grandmother passed away many years ago when I was just a young kid. I think I was 17. She left me a burial plot in the city of Westminster here in California, and I didn't think much about it. And then about 10 years ago, I called over there to ask them, you know, what do I do about this? Um, and they took all my information and said, we'll get back with you, and they never have. And I know a lot of it's my fault for not staying in touch with them. But uh, I got a feeling that maybe they sold that, thinking that, you know, that many years ago, and nobody's contacted us other than me 10 years ago. Do you think there's a possibility that they may have sold that? Sure, sure. I've heard of that happening before. Now, you get to drag it up, and uh, you get to probably hire a private investigator to find out what happened, because I don't think you can. And then I'm wondering, and I don't know the answer to this, whether or not that's recorded as a piece of real property. And I don't know. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I don't think it's considered a house or a a lot or a a real estate, a a commercial real estate building. Uh, So uh, you're going to have to just find out. And if it's not, they've got some explaining to do for sure. And uh, you can sue them. And uh, now I don't know about the statute of limitations on this one, but uh, it... um, upon discovery probably and you just your argument is you discovered it as you were trying to look for the plot so a private investigator is the way to go and then you get to find out if the statute of limitations is appropriate and i don't know and i don't care so you get to call another lawyer for that one man i like doing this show it's easy to do uh it's easy to answer i have no idea go do some research go find someone that knows what they're doing it's very good very, very good. All right, Joy. Hello, Joy. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. My mother-in-law died a year ago. All right, you're not on a... Are you on a cell or are you on a speakerphone? I'm on my cell. All right, that's okay. Eh, sometimes it's a little bit weird. Okay, your mother-in-law died a year ago. Fair enough. Uh, she has a house she lived in and another house as a rental. And... My husband has a brother and a sister, and everything's supposed to be divided into thirds. Problem is, my sister-in-law is a trustee, and she wants to buy the most expensive of the two properties, but is trying to figure out a way to not pay as much as she should, and has been dragging this out for a year. Is there some way we can get her office? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. First of all, uh, she can decide what she's going to pay or not, and it doesn't matter. There has to be an appraisal, and you have to agree to it, or your husband has to agree to it. So just her making an arbitrary decision is not going to fly. Now, is this a trust or is this a was this a will? Do you know? A trust. Okay. So uh, so the sister is a trustee, and the worst that happens is there are three people, right? And the sister is trying to screw the other two. Do I have that right? Yes, that's correct. All right. You may have to get a uh, a, a, a probate and estate lawyer just to write a letter. And say, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. And you're liable for all kinds of penalties. Because as a trustee, if she acts in a self-serving way at the expense of you, the two of you, she has breached her fiduciary duty in addition to uh, breaching the terms of uh, the trust. So, uh, yeah, she's looking at some real issues. So you can either tell her... That you're going to get a lawyer and she better straighten it up or you hire a trust and estate lawyer to 
sort of oversee it. You hire them for a few hundred dollars. Uh, you know, it'll be a couple thousand, two, three thousand, four thousand dollars. How much money are you talking about, Joy? Um, the two homes are worth about a million and a half. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, you get a lawyer for that, and uh, what you can do is. I would argue, and I don't know, uh, and again, this is why you need a trusted estate lawyer, do you pay yourself out of the proceeds? Do you reimburse yourselves before uh, the properties are split up? So it's definitely trust an estate lawyer to write the letter. You have to just show what's going on. Maybe uh, a little bit of money, maybe several thousand dollars. But if you're talking a million and a half dollars, man, at, that, at what point is that worth it? And if you don't have a trust an estate lawyer, uh, you can go to handleonthelaw.com where we actually have trust and estate lawyers who look at these kinds of things, frothing at the mouth. They get so excited. Okay? Handleonthelaw.com. You know, I was about to make a stupid plug here uh, beyond what I just said, and I can't go that way. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome back. And welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Hello, Sam. Sam, you're up. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. Hi, hello. Yes, sir. You, you called me, Sam. Yeah, oh. Uh, I called before. He bought my car. The loan is twenty seven hundred. He asked me for four four thousand. He sell the car in the auction, and I I file now bankruptcy. Did I hey did 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 I have to pay the money back? No. If you file bankruptcy and they're asking you to pay the money before the bankruptcy, right? Do I have yeah. that right, Sam? That, right. Yeah. You owe nothing. You have to simply on your bankruptcy claim is list them as a creditor, which I'm assuming you're doing. Correct. Correct. Yeah, they're fine. And, uh, then you're off the hook. Then you're done. Okay. And uh, uh, and one more. The bank, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the rich bank. I owe them for the credit card for the five. Yeah, that's all. That's that's also part of the bankruptcy. When did you uh, when one, did when did you claim when did you spend that money on the credit card? How long ago? Oh, about three years. No, ago. you're fine. You're fine. You're not going to owe that money either, Sam. But the tax people sent me fifteen hundred dollars. Now that's different. Taxes are different, Sam. Did the one I have to pay it? Yes, the taxes you have to pay. You said credit cards, right? Taxes yep. you have to pay, Sam. Okay, I make a payment. Yeah, you have to negotiate before you make a payment. Negotiate with them. Call them up. Talk to a an examiner, an IRS examiner. Say, hey, can I give you uh, a payment plan? And they're just, they're generally pretty good. How much do you owe in taxes, Sam? Eleven hundred. That's it. Eleven hundred. Yeah. Yeah, you're fine. Are you working? But no, no, I'm retired three years ago. How much money do you get a month? I get uh, about thirty three hundred. Thirty three. You can make payments. You can say, hey, I owe eleven hundred. I have a payment for the big one. I owe him sixty four thousand. He make a payment for me three hundred sixty five dollars a month. That's what I pay right now. But this is a new one for the credit card came, you know. 
Oh, because they issued a 1099 on the forgiveness of the debt. Uh, call up right. the cl- call up the claims examiner or the uh, call up the um, adjust. Well, it actually is a claims examiner, and uh, you want to add to that sixty five thousand oh, dollars. Oh, you can do that. Okay, thank All you. All right, Bill. I'm just thinking of the money here. Uh, uh, sixty five thousand dollars at three hundred and thirty dollars a month. What what are those figures? So you've got. Basically, what four thousand uh, dollars a year, right? And so, uh, ten years is forty. Okay, uh, it's what twelve, fifteen years. But that's assuming there's no interest on it. It's just a flat. Here you go. This is what you're going to pay. Hello, Justin. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Yes. I am um, calling because I have a landlord that I've um, rented from for six years. And he have a lease through April of next year, and he wants to move back in. So he told me I could not pay rent last month to help with the moving, and then um, not this month, uh, so we could do um, improvements inside, uh, which we've been looking for a place this whole time. And he told me this week that if I don't find a place to move out by this weekend, because he's got to be out of his place, that um, you know he's basically threatening us. Threatening you with what? Um, I, I don't really know. I mean, tell I mean, what can he do? You have a lease that's good for another year, maybe a little longer, or maybe a little shorter. And you, uh, what's he going to do? Is he going to physically throw you out? He can't do that. Is he going to change the locks? He certainly can't do that. And if he tries any of that, you you that our rents late, and now that he you can pr- you know, he can prove your rents late. All you have to do is show here's the check, here's the back of the check. And if he argues, well, it was late, he still has to give you a three-day notice to pay rent or quit. Right. And then you show the check. And if you have to, uh, you send it certified. And that's what I would start doing right now. Uh, You send it uh, certified where there's a record of him receiving it. And and what you do is you... you, um, uh, I would uh, copy both the front and the back of the check, certainly the front of the check, put it in an envelope... Uh, send it to him, show the day you sent it out, and clearly, if he issues a uh, three-day notice to pay rent or quit, you just send the check again, and him refusing to accept from you whatever document, whatever letter, just proves that he uh, just d- is not willing to uh, accept the rent, which he has to by law. So he can't do much. So the verbal agreement, because... Means nothing. Probably Means nothing. Wait. I mean, no, you don't have I mean, to go. You don't have to go beyond that. As soon as you said the verbal agreement, you can kiss that one goodbye. It has no force whatsoever. Understood. But my question is, him agreeing to let us keep July and then August. Do I even owe him the, the back rent? Which yeah, because saying? it's verbal. It has no force at all. First of all, he's going to. First of all, he's going to say. Yeah. First of all, he's going to tell you I never said that. Okay. Okay, he's going to lie. If he's willing to throw you out, if he's willing to say you have to this weekend to pop off and get out of there, then trust me, he's going to lie about any verbal agreement. Any agreement you ever make, it's in writing, he signs it. Okay. All right? Uh, Verbal agreement. You know the rules at this point. Verbal agreements mean zero. And that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years to common law. And common law... Incidentally, the law started not as human rights or contractual rights. It all had to do real estate, property. And, the, and it came out of that, which is why 
in terms of common law, that is ancient English law, of which a lot of our laws derive from, uh, it says that in real property, no verbal contracts. Everything has to be written. This goes back 500, 600, 800 years. Okay, this is Handle on the Law.